This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that has done something Shane Warne has never done. We have reached a century despite all predictions and expectations. Cue the applause, cue the music. Thank you, Mum. We made it, mate. Uh, we did. I'm Andrew hey, Page, yeah. and with me is Scott Phillips. G'day, Andrew. G'day, Phils. Who is Shane Warne, Andrew? Uh, he, he played some kind of sport, didn't he? Yeah, he was a sportser. Yeah. Ah, sportser. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I knew he had yeah. something to do with that. Today on the podcast, Elon Musk gives it to the analyst. There we go. Your uh, favourite man. My favourite man. Save us, Elon. Banks are on the nose again. Oh. We'll talk a bit about that. Um, Surf Corp and signs of a bubble. This relates to the whole WeWork phenomenon. Ah, WeWork just quickly is. It's a shared office uh Business sounds very millennial and good. very millennial. Think All foosball right. tables, think beanbags, <laughs> think hipster beards. No, well, yeah, there you go. See, foosball and beanbags kind of Gen X, but that was us in the dot com boom. Okay, they moved on now. It's all skinny jeans. And Man, if you're expecting and... me to be have my finger on the pulse <laughs> with what the cool and trendy people are doing, you are you are very much mistaken. Oh. We're also going to open up a mailbag too, and if there's time and. Hopefully there won't be. Scott gets on his high <laughs> horse. Oh, there'll be time. But blast, mate, because it is our 100th episode, <laughs> and we don't want to be too self-indulgent. We'll be a little a bit little self bit, yeah. We're not too <laughs> self-indulgent. We're going to do a special PS where we're going to talk about all the things that we crapped on about <laughs> over the previous 100 episodes. It's pretty much a version of a brag book for our mothers. So pretty no one much. else needs to listen, but if you do find yourself without ability to turn it off, you will hear our PS at the end. There you go. But first, but first. Elon Musk... The man who's saving the planet and, in fact, colonising Mars and reinventing the, uh, the energy landscape and uh, creating tunnels under Los Angeles and selling flamethrowers and revolutionising uh, vehicles and just basically doing everything. Uh, Andrew, um, you would have a slight man crush on Elon Musk. I you? have a huge man crush on Elon, even though I know he's just a little bit crazy, um, think, which is, is why I love him so. Speaking of episode 100, long-term listeners may recall, once upon a time I said to you, Andrew, are you a hold man or a Ford man? And you replied, I'm a Tesla man. There we go. Now you get a chance to talk about the man himself. <laughs> so The brains behind, the massive brain behind uh, Tesla, SpaceX, Solar City, a whole lot of cool the stuff. The Boring Company, B-O-R-I-N-G, um, a whole bunch it's, of... He's, he's one of the original. the same way, he's, no matter what. That is, I realized that after I was halfway through... <laughs> Boring us in digging holes. Is the, is is, the... he's, he's, and, um, boring, boring, get it? Yeah, yeah and yeah. Uh, oh, now I've gone blank too. What's, what's the uh, vacuum train? Oh, company? the Hyperloop. Hyperloop. He's, Hyperloop. He, had his, he had some fingers in that as well. He's, he's one of the uh, original PayPal guys, which is where yeah. he first made his fortune, doubled down on that on a bunch of other ventures and just continues to, you know, um, the, the dice just can fall in his favour. All right, enough at it long. You know, dreamy blue eyes, <laughs> everything. You know, he's just awesome. <laughs> And, and, and anyway, so Tesla had their quarterly results out last night mm -hmm. and uh, they weren't that good. It's the biggest quarterly loss he's ever made. There's a lot of people out there in the financial community wondering if Tesla will actually be around in the future because yeah, yeah, they yeah. are burning through cash at a rate of knots. They have a huge amount of debt. Mm -hmm. um, There's actually a Bloomberg page that actually counts the amount of money Tesla's burning just when you're reading that particular article about Tesla burning cash. Bloomberg just loved to put the boot Don't into they? Elon. And, and what was fascinating about it was that, and, and so the analysts were on there asking you a bunch of questions and Elon just basically <laughs> saying things like, those questions aren't cool. Next, uh, you know, if you can't handle the volatility, sell our stock. Um, it was just really dismissive. In fact, it shut off the analyst call and went to YouTube to take calls from fanboys like myself on 
Tell us again, Elon, why you're so great, which, which he was more than happy to answer. I think you're wonderful, Elon. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think? So Elon shuts it down by saying, we're going to go to YouTube. Sorry, these questions are so dry, they're killing me. <laughs> which is not exactly what you expect from a corporate CEO who's, who's burning cash at a million miles an hour and is going to need some more money, probably. So it was, it was really fascinating. It tends to get all the Wall Street types offside. You yeah. know, they, they, they have a very self inflated sense of self and um uh you, you know when you have a ceo of a 50 billion dollar plus company that, telling them to get stuffed and you know i don't want to talk to you here's another it, question and uh, so where specifically would you be in terms of capital requirement elon says these questions are not cool next not cool <laughs> Next. And so, anyway, it was, it's 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 been kind of interesting and funny. Yeah. Of course, after this, after he sort of spat the dummy, shares in Tesla fell almost five percent yeah. uh, afterwards. That <laughs> um, kind of happens when you thumb your nose at the entire Wall Street, right? Well, and and it's kind of so. It's you know, it's it's getting a lot of talk, and it's it's all sort of very funny. But from another angle, it's not exactly. I, there's a and this isn't just being the, the fanboy in me mm -hmm. speaking. There, well. there is, there is well, it's a little bit, but but I, I actually got some sympathy with that. In fact, um, uh, Rengeneron's CEO he followed suit recently. Yes. You'll have to tell me what the hell Rengeneron does. It it, it regenerates. Regenerates. Okay, cool. Yeah, Let's go yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Len Schiffler. Yes. Uh, speaking to analysts on a post earnings uh, conference call, he shrugged off questions on possible acquisition and drug price increases. I must be a drug company, I assume. Adding it uh, that it's not his company's job to provide guidance to the street. Quote. This kind, this, that's kind of what you guys are overpaid for. You guys are overpaid for, which end, is nice. End quote. Exactly. Which, which we thought was good. And it touches on this broader question of where is where does a CEO's responsibility lie yeah. when it comes to telling analysts what to expect? So one half of the argument goes, guys, that's your job. Mm. You're paid to analyze. You analyze. If you have to come up with new-term price targets, you go for it. My job as the steward of this company, mm -hmm. is to ensure that I'm allocating capital sensible, I'm sensibly. I'm growing long-term um, uh, wealth for my shareholders. Yep. Um, I'm not going to... I'm not going to do your job for you. I've actually got some sympathy for that. The other side of the argument is, well, this is a public company. Um, analysts are sort of the, the, the people that can ask the smart questions and make right. sure that the market is as informed as possible and that they've got a right to ask a lot of these questions. Yeah. Where do you sit on this spectrum? I think your point is, is dead, right? That That's kind of the – they are two sides of the same coin. And it's kind of funny, you know, I think – I'm kind of I'm kind of split. Mm. We we both like Elon Musk. The guy is a is a um, genius, enigma, a genius, an enigma, and he's going to do it his way. And yeah. kind of if you're investing in Tesla, you kind of get that. And on one level, we kind of look at Elon and go, "Haha, that's kind of funny." Jeez, we hope you know what you're doing. <laughs> and that, and that's kind <laughs> yeah, of where it falls really. down, right? Is yeah. at one level, if Enron had said back in the day, "Well, that's not our job. You guys do it." Yeah. We, we would have said rightly, well, hang on, that's not enough transparency for investors. And when it all blew up, we, we'd point to that and say, yeah. if we'd had more transparency, then we could have known more. And I think that's the the transparency question is really where I yeah. kind of, I'm somewhere in the middle on this. I know mm. that's a pretty unsatisfactory answer, but I, I, I don't think companies need to give, I, I, in fact, I would, if it was up to me, have no company ever give guidance. If I was mm -hmm. CEO tomorrow for a day, mm -hmm. I would say, I'm not going to give you any more guidance at all. You're just not having it. Yeah. I'm not going to do it because there's no point. Otherwise, I manage to guidance. I'm worried about the short term to your point rather yeah. than the long term. Yeah. That's a really crappy way to run a business. So I would say, no guidance, absolutely. Mm. As to whether you kind of say, hey, that question's not cool, I don't want to answer it, that's where I kind of fall down a little bit on the analyst side. Not because they, you know, most of them want to put a number in a spreadsheet for next quarter, which mm -hmm. is which is also crappy. Mm. But if you got a decent question from a decent shareholder representative in one form or another, I do kind of feel like if you're going to have a, have a call like that, 
it's not unreasonable to answer those questions to give people more insight. Of course, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger famously sit around in a, in a, in a sports stadium for six hours mm. and take questions from all comers. Yep. And so you kind of think, well... But they don't answer a, all questions. Well, they, We've been there. They let and, them answer and, and so, any questions And, and this want. is where the nuance lies. So right, right. I, I think CEOs, Elon, Buffett, the rest, have every right to tell an analyst, go take a hike yep. if the question is stupid. So if the analyst wants to right, ask a right. question about... The important questions about understanding the business, where it's at and where it's going right. um, over a material time frame. I think they're very legitimate questions that the shareholders and the market have every right to know Correct. and ask. And, and that's where I think, and, and as a CEO, you do have a duty to communicate to the market and, and, and let people make the best informed decision that they can about your company. Yeah. When you get questions, and we, how many analyst calls have we been on? Where you, you know, there's always some idiot. <laughs> great quarter, guys. Great quarter, guys. So you give me more color on the, uh, oh, the, 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 the the gross margin before costs and after expenses. You just want to put a drill 52. to your temple. You yeah, know, it's yeah. it's it's all of this these stupid, stupid questions about what's going to happen next next uh, three weeks or so. So yeah. I, I think there's there's somewhere in between uh, yep. all of that. We will watch with interest in terms of what happens with Tesla. Because you will have this, more interest than I will. This, well, it's it's going to be fascinating. It's, it's either they are they they are going to go on to do wonderful things, or they may not be around. <laughs> it's binary. It really well, is. And that's it. I, if I if I care about Tesla at all, it's not because of Elon, uh, unlike you, Andrew. But it's straight out. If Elon Musk screws this up, if he, if his hubris kills the company in one form or another, it sets electric cars back a couple of decades. And yep. frankly, from an environmental perspective, again, regardless of your view on climate change, I mm. desperately hope he, he succeeds because a world where we have only electric cars is a cleaner greener world mm -hmm. that's got to be a good thing and so mm -hmm. if his experiment fails you can pretty much bet that most of the car companies go thank god that's over let's go back to making there's less incentive to, to to go down that path exactly. I agree. motley fool money financial advice for real people not trust fund hippies sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple m Hey, now I'm going to ask you a question this okay. time, mate. You wrote a really interesting piece for your members this week, and unfortunately we can't republish the whole thing, but you talked to your members about the banks. And we've talked yeah. a little bit about banks, spoiler alert for later in the podcast, talked a little bit about banks over our last 100 or so episodes, or yep. exactly 100 episodes, yep. funnily enough. Yep. <laughs> and you, you kind of you raise a few interesting points. The banks have not done as well as we'd like. Maybe they're in sort of value-ish territory. Just give us a quick potted view. I know we talk about banks a little bit, but yeah. hey, they're 40% of the index and most of our listeners will own one or more of yeah. them. Yeah. So just give me a quick redux on, on what you wrote about the banks this week. Well, so we've, I've been running this thing called Motley Full Dividend Investor for four years now. And um, it's it's been a very remarkable um, absence of the banks yes. on the scorecard. Indeed. When, when you ask the man in the street, Give me a, a, a classic dividend-paying stock, people are going to say the big four banks. And and that's not not, not unreasonable. In fact, the, these companies, um, CBA in particular, um, have just delivered such phenomenal long-term wealth for their mm. shareholders. Mm. And, and a big part of those returns have come in the forms of dividends. Very strong, reliable, fully frank dividends paid each and every year and an almost every year increasing by a very decent clip. Yeah. So it is a very notable absence. So three years ago, around about this time in 2015, I, I wrote a two-part series to our members trying to sort of explain my position. It wasn't that I have anything against the banks uh, in particular, though they've <laughs> well. certainly got their issues. <laughs> but, you know, there's no, there's no ideological um, uh, I'm not coming from any ideological standpoint. Well, yeah, well, but but, <laughs> but, but what's but what was interesting was yeah. I, there was a, there was a two pronged argument. The first was 
I didn't see any value in the bank. So you, we've talked mm -hmm. a lot before about having a wonderful company, but you know, if it, if you pay too much for it, you're going to do very poor as, as right, uh, right. you know, you might have the best corner shop in the world. It ain't worth $10 billion, right? <laughs> um, no matter, no matter how strong I'll your profits something grow, under the, under the counter. you know, and even then. So, so <laughs> I had a question in terms of, of, of value. The other thing was, and, and I guess the other side of the coin of that was how are these things going to grow? We've had, you know, decades of these phenomenal strong growth that was driven by these big structural factors, right. which again, I'm not going to get into too much here, but you know, the dual income family, interest rates falling to historic lows, a phenomenal lift in property prices, et cetera, et cetera. So mm. Everything that could work in the bank's favor was working in the bank's favor. And that's what drove it up. And so it wasn't a question of saying that's all going to collapse in a, in a steaming pile, but extrapolating that trend was just mathematically impossible. Right. So, um, I, again, I don't want to do a victory lap here because you know, the, 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 we we know that 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 investments take many many years to play out, and and anyone who bought three years ago may still be validated in that. But for yeah. what it, for what it's worth, shares are down in the big banks between about twenty two and twenty seven percent over that period. I think Commonwealth Bank's about off twenty five percent from its high of two thousand fifteen yeah. from memory, and that's a three year period, right? right? And and none of them except for CBA have increased. They've all had flat dividends. ANZ actually cut their dividends <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. So it it it's it was a view that sort of seemed to have been proven more or less right so far. But but I thought I'd revisit all... It's a very long wind-up. I, I thought I'd revisit all of that because the problem that we have in our game, we talk about it a lot, is you sort of you form a view and then we just tend to stick to it because that's what humans do. Right. So I thought, let's, let's go back and dust off that spreadsheet and see whether a lot of that holds true. Come on, so and, give it, give it, get, get to the end of it. What, what did you find? So what was interesting, when you look at things like a, a price to earnings ratio or mm. a price to book ratio, so the price relative to how much money it earns or the price relative to how much its assets are worth, yep. they're actually at really, really low levels, lower than they've been for a long, long time, mm -hmm. which is surprising to me. Obviously, the price has come back, so the value has almost by definition improved. Right. And so it was like, I, did, I just didn't expect the extent to it. So then it became the question of, well, maybe now is the time to buy. Um, however, on the other side of the equation, it's a very long answer, mate. I'm sorry. <laughs> and this is the short version too, believe you me. Um, uh, you're okay, I'm going to grab a drink. I'll yeah, yeah I'll come back All in right. 20 minutes. Right. Um, uh, is that I think a lot, of those, a lot of those factors over growth actually haven't improved. In fact, they've gotten worse. Okay. So for me, although the value is a lot more compelling, you're looking at 6% fully franked yields on these, on these dividend stalwarts. Okay. I still think, though, there that, that, that now is not the time to buy. But I, I would say this, though. Yep. For people who have held, and a lot of people out there in this camp have held shares for 10 years plus, I wouldn't be rushing to sell anytime. Right. So there's huge tax consequences there. You know, they're, they're going to sit along in the bottom drawer. You'll be fine. But if you've got fresh capital to invest today, not for me. I'm going to do my usual thing and try and summarise what I think you just said in a, in a little bit short Sorry, amount of time frame. I, I think what I heard you say I mean, is I'm, that the, I'm not concise. <laughs> I, I do realise that. The, the, price, the price has fallen about 20 25%, which mm -hmm. is good. Yep. The business, well, depending well, on your perspective, if you if you're looking to potentially buy, mm -hmm. the business quality has kind of eroded slightly because growth prospects have dimmed a little. Yep. But that gap is still too big between quality and price to justify buying the shares right now. Yeah, I mean, especially in terms of what's being uncovered with the Royal Commission and what uh, regulatory changes might have, there, what structural changes there might be to the bank. We talked the other week about how they're splitting off a lot of their wealth management arms. A lot of right. these income generating units are going to go. Um, tighter regulatory scrutiny. Um, again, not, we'll get into this in the PS, but you know, one of my favorite hobby horses is the property market yeah. and, and property has, has been coming down. So that, that driver of, of credit demand is not there at the moment. Yeah. And so it's just hard, it's hard to sort of see where this growth is going to come from and justify the price lower though it is lower though that it is now. Let's move on. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> real money advice from real people. 
not just a couple of dicks with a Porsche. Get more at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Speaking of companies that are on the uh, dividend investor scorecard, yes, a little company called Servco. So, so after I do my victory lap and how smart I was to avoid the banks, um, uh, well, another well, rec- this isn't really the reason I'm asking, but but go on. But no, look, full disclosure, mate. This it. this is this is the game that we're in. Um, there's a there's a company out there called Serv called ASX Code SRV. Hey hey, and what these guys episode 100, we're finally onto that, aren't we? We actually remember Liam is, a, this, Liam is a very proud father right now. Um, uh, th- these guys do shared offices or, or communal offices, mm-hmm. but you basically they. They um, buy some property. They fit it out with a bunch of office type equipment. And you can rent a small space of that. These guys invented the concept, believe it or not, globally. And mm-hmm. they've been doing it for many, many, many decades. The guy who founded it is still at the helm. They own a squillion shares. Mm-hmm. It's always paid consistent dividends. It's a cyclical business, um, uh, but they've got mountains of cash, $100 million in cash for a business that is worth about $400 million on the market. So okay. give you a scale of how strong that – zero debt, of course. Um, so I liked it. Um, I, I liked it. There's a dividend um, uh, play. What has happened, happened? (laughs) of course, is that there's this other phenomenon out there called WeWork, which Mm. you might have been living under a rock, but they're doing the same thing. But this has sort of come out of America. It's kind of come out of this sort of Silicon Valley kind of... Sounds pretty cool. You know, it's very... I can feel the beards from here. With this business, the growth has been phenomenal. And, And because there is... These guys are attracting capital, like, you know... Beast of honey. They they, <laughs> they they just super 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 cheap capital. Right. They, they like Amazon, mm-hmm. um, in a way, uh, like Elon, in a way. They're not worried <laughs> about near term profit. In fact, they they are bleeding cash left, right, and center. And what's interesting about it is that when you talk, when they report and they talk to their investors, they actually don't, they, they have all these funny metrics that they okay. use to report. Right, so we're not interested in cash. <laughs> we don't, so old fashioned, so 2010 to talk about cash and profits uh-huh. and the rest of it. What do they talk about instead? Well, here's the thing. So well, they kind of do care about profits, except they just choose to define them their way. Tomorrow's right? profits, maybe. Uh, yeah. So it kind of harks back to the dot-com bubble a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I did tweet during the week, uh, if those who are following me on TMF Scott P, there's a nice little plug there, and you yeah. follow Andrew on Sage underscore Simeon. I'll avoid you the uh, question about why the hell. Anyway, uh, so mm-hmm. so I, I did talk about these kind of dot-com-esque um, weird metrics that are coming out. There mm. was kind of, you know, it was all about the eyeballs, of course, in the dot-com. Yep. Groupon, remember Groupon, the group buying yes, site? I do. Um, it launched with a, a, a version of of profit that basically excluded all of its costs. And it was kind of, you know, profit before costs, which we used Go to call sales. Sales or revenue. Yeah. Yep. Um, now, so WeWork has community-adjusted EBITDA. Community. No. So, wait, so you adjust <laughs> so, the so, earnings before interest, oh. tax, depreciation, amortization, and community expenses. Well, that's kind of it, right? So, so not only are you removing interest and tax and deduction and amortization, you're also moving those pesky things like general and administrative expenses and depart- uh, marketing expenses and development yeah. costs. Okay. Well, that's so, you know, if, if, you could run, if you could run a company that was a, a property company yeah. without any property costs and without having to market it because you're a marketing business, you don't have any selling or administrative expenses because they're not really cost. You don't yeah, right. really pay those people. So, yeah, it, it's 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 madness. And unfortunately, and this is kind of where I'm a little bit mindful, I've been a little bit kind of vocal about people being very careful now. If we are heading for something resembling a, a market pullback, crash, drop, fall, whatever you want to call it, correction or, or something else, uh, if, if we are heading down that path, it may well be that these sorts of metrics are indicative that we're in a little bit of 
frothy. frothy it's territory. a frothy territory. territory. It's bubbly. Exactly. It's bubbly at the bubbly. moment. Uh, like bubbles of nothing to make it really something, as Aero would tell us, for yeah. those who are old enough to remember those ads. Uh, and that's and that's kind of the challenge. When, when, you, when, you, when companies are reporting those with a straight face, and frankly, when the market's kind of lapping them up and going, ha that's a bit funny, but you can still have our money. Mm. Um, you've got to go and be a little bit careful here that the sort of market valuation of WeWork assumes a hell of a lot goes right. Compared to assumes like that they can continue to attract capital to right, allow them. Exactly. So you, you can do they can do exactly. it forever as long as there's enough people prepared to say we believe you yeah. and, and give them more money to continue you know to support operations because yes. bills do need to be paid. Yes. And where it's all fascinating is that this is actually having a big impact mm-hmm. on ServCorp. Their US operations are really struggling. They gave a profit downgrade the other day. Shares came back about fifteen odd percent or so. Um, and, and so the question we were sort of talking about over breakfast is this is either an incredible buying opportunity or this is a good sign to get out yep. because, you know, this could get worse if, if we were continue to really tighten the screws there. Uh, what was fascinating is that ServCorp the day after this announced that they were going to buy back up to 5% of their shares with this huge pile of cash. So again, reducing the number of shares on issue, concentrating those remaining shareholders. It has an effect to increase things on a per share basis. Right. And it should be the the task taken by a company that sees its shares as undervalued because it's buying back cheap shares and adding value to the people who still own after that process. For what it's worth, I still think it is a buy. I mean, I these guys have operations in in a lot of places um, outside of the US. Yep. Um, they are they are very profitable. Um, they have been for a long, long time. I still think it's good. It's just really sucks that things things took the, the turn that they have. But again, Again, these things don't play out immediately. So when you sort of look out five, 10 years, is this company around? Is it earning more than it is today? Does that price represent an accurate um, reflection of that earnings power? I think the answer is yes, for what it's worth. I will add one more last thing, which I say relatively regularly, which is you can only be as profitable as a business as your least rational competitor allows you to be. And that's exactly what's hitting SurfCorp right now. They compete with someone who doesn't want to make money. And if your competitors' margins are effectively zero or less than zero, it's very, very hard to keep business running. And that's exactly the Amazon story, as you say, Andrew. Motley Fool Money. For more, go to fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Let's open up the mailbag. Um, we got a really good question from the Steady Investor on Twitter, at Bogle underscore Investor. We don't have a sound effect for the opening of the mailbag. I'm a little bit disappointed, Liam. That's more like a coffin, I suppose. <laughs> question for the podcast. Um <laughs> HealthScope, uh, HealthScope, by the way, uh, ASX code HSO. Hey, hey. Doing it again. Look at you. Um, these guys own some private hospitals. They own some uh, pathology labs. And I think they own a few medical centers yep. as well. And um, they ran about two bucks or so, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit under. And then all of a sudden they got this takeover offer from a, a group called BGH Capital, a consortium uh, of people there. And BGH said, we're prepared to pay $2.36. Hey, hey. Fantastic. That's a free 15%. Now, when you've got someone out there, a very serious buyer who says, I will pay $2.36. You sell for $2.36. And shares are available on the market at $2. That's good. It doesn't take a Warren Buffett to work out that I could buy at $2 <laughs> and then sell to this mob for $2.36. Except the they're, really, goes they're really at $2 for long once the takeover is announced. That, it pops very, very, very quickly. Right, right. So, yeah, you, you, you can't really play that game. It's like you're, <laughs> you're lucky enough to be Johnny on the spot yeah. when it happens. You're either on or you don't. But here's, here's the question from um, uh, the steady investor. He goes, so on the back of that news, remember, the bid was $2.36. Bargain. On the back of that news, shares jumped from $2 to $2.48. What? Why would the market pay $2.48 for something that in a couple of months is likely to be worth $2.36? I thought it was an excellent question. Yes. You do see it from time to time. More often than not, interestingly enough, shares actually traded a little bit of a discount. So if mm-hmm. I, if the takeover offer was going through at $2.36, a sensible market might actually pay $2.32 yeah. or something like yeah. that. Two reasons. One, there's a risk that the 
the takeover doesn't go through. So there's a risk kind of discount put in there. Risk discount. And the other thing is we talked about it a lot. In fact, there's this time value of money. Even right. if it's guaranteed to go through, well, it doesn't make sense for me to pay $2.36 now just to get this same back in a few months' time. If you've got to wait for six months, the market goes up at 10% a year. You're giving up some I get, put, I get interest in the bank just right. by sitting. So I, so I need a little bit of a discount to make that wait worthwhile Makes in sense. short. But what's less obvious is when it goes above this. Now, the short answer is it's because the market believes that there's going to be another offer. There's going to be what existing shareholders love. It's great when you're when you're in this position, <laughs> isn't, isn't it? it? When there's a bit of a there's a there's a bidding uh, war, a bidding war, and, price. and 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 there's two parts. It's it's like at an auction, right? When there's one person at an auction, you know they're going to do well. The seller's not going to do too well. When mm -hmm. there's two people who really want that house. The, the seller is just rubbing their hands because they're going to bid each other up and up and up and up and up. And that's what the market is thinking is going to happen here. The speculation from Canadian giant Brookfield Private Equity, um, which is is looking to take a, a tilt at all of this. Ah. So, uh, well, what... You're not, going to sell the first, you're not going to sell the first offer in an auction, are you? You're not. You, so, so Unless. That, that's, what the market's, <laughs> um, that's what the market's bet is right. at the moment. So what do you do in this situation? Take well, the money and run. You do? Oh yeah, takeovers are takeovers are funny things, you know. The, the, the shares look. If you're very lucky and someone's giving you this much money, the reality is that if there's no second bid that turns up, the shares fall to at least two thirty six. Yes. And if both bidders walk away, as has happened with Fairfax and Vocus last Many year, many times the shares could fall back twenty twenty five percent from here. So you got to ask yourself. Yep. Do I really want? Do I feel lucky, Punk? Is the first thing you ask yourself, as we all know. But once you've answered that question, the next question mm. is, uh, have I fight? No, five, yeah. six, five, six, five, five, six. Anyway, uh, the next question you ask after those two is, uh, is you know, is it really worth the upside? So if I hang on at two forty eight, maybe I get two fifty, two fifty five, mm -hmm, right? Maybe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So maybe there's another five percent on the table, give or take. Yeah. If the downside is 30 percent, as an investor, you've got to be looking at that and going, how many times do I want to toss a coin that's loaded against me? Mm. And hope it keeps landing on heads. Because yeah. the the reality is that even if the odds are likely it goes ahead at a higher price, the possibility that it doesn't, you end up with a Fairfax and a Vocus and then and then a health scope that does go ahead at a higher price. Overall, for my money, you take the money off the table. Risk you know, versus third in the hand, two in the bush, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, I think there's just right. not enough upside potential left. Generally well, health scope might go to three bucks for all I know. Yep. But as a matter of course, if I had to do this ten times, I would bet that I'll be better off taking the bid rather than waiting for a higher offer. Yeah, and that's it. So normally when you're investing on the market, you're making these these um you're taking this view on what the company is going to be doing, what it's worth. This is this is just a punt on what are the bidders going to do. Are the regulator going to allow it to go through? Is the board going to pass it and recommend it to shareholders? Are enough people going to accept? You've got to remember, too, that HealthScope's biggest shareholder is Australian Super. Mm -hmm. And the existing bid on the table prevents them from actually accepting a competing proposal. So, right. so don't forget, a, a proposal to be approved, you have to get a majority of shareholders voting, saying, yes, we want this to go through. Yeah, exactly. So there's a whole bunch of stuff at play here. So hopefully, the Steady Investor, this has answered your question as to why they are trading at a premium, as to what to do. I'd probably go with Scott. A bird in the hand is worth two in the book. Of course you'd go with me. That's the smartest thing you've ever said. <laughs> oh, look at that. That's a swish. That was, uh, you asked for a sound effect. That's that's the issue being moved to the side. There you go. Nice. <laughs> like and again. It's just, that's a dangerous sound effect because there's oh, a lot of issues that need to be moved to the side. It's, it's the hurry up really, isn't it? For the <laughs> love of God, you guys, will you please hurry up? <laughs> I reckon what's been happening, you and I have been talking to each other. Liam's friendly over there going, move on, move on. It hasn't worked. He's like, you spam, that, have to, spam that button like I'm gonna, crazy. There <laughs> we go. <laughs> oh, he's out of control now. Look out. Get that man away Someone's from the Someone's in the sound library. We're in trouble. <laughs> All right. You know what? I, I was hoping that we'd run out of time. It looks like we do have a little bit of time, yes! my friend. It's it's that time again. Speaking of sound effects. Speaking of sound effects. <laughs>
What is your rant this week? Oh, you know what I really, really get annoyed by? And it's the stuff that gets... Tell me. <laughs> you don't sound <laughs> generally about that. Yeah. So this week, right, uh, Emmanuel Macron, the French Prime Minister, and trust me, I'm getting back to investing here, okay. was out in Australia. He met with Malcolm and Lucy Turnbull. Yep. And he said to Prime Minister Turnbull, it was a delight to spend time with you and your delicious wife, Lucy. Mm-hmm. And the mainstream media and most of Twitter blew up on the word delicious. Ha, ah, delicious, delicious, get it, get it, get it. Mm. And it's like, for the love of God, people, is there nothing more important to talk about than what Macron said? Either he meant it or he didn't. It was either a, it was either a nice compliment or it wasn't. Like, does it really, really matter? For all the stuff they talked about, about submarines and security contracts and bilateral negotiations, all the rest of that stuff, all we wanted to talk about is whether he used the word delicious or not. You know it what I think the media is not talking enough absolutely about? Absolutely mad, Tommy. Is Kim Jong-un's private toilet. Speaking of distractions, now here's the thing: if you, <laughs> it's the same. Get... It's the same example, though, right? These massive historic no events. About his private toilet. Well, I, I thought there was a lot of coverage on it because he. No, I'll be the site you've been reading. Yeah. Okay. Can I have my horse? Sorry, get buddy, off my horse. Sorry, get off sorry. My horse. All right. So here's the thing with investing, right? For... Yeah, here's the longest bow <laughs> that you'll hear this year. It's been Go. pulled longer. The, the, the reality is, when people think about investing, they get distracted by the sideshows, the things that are happening right now. And, and again, a little bit of a hint. We'll go into this more in the PS. Mm-hmm. But there is so much distraction out there right now. Get Swift recently was one of those, and we talked about it, and everyone talked about it. And 99 of the market isn't invested in Get Swift. And yes, it's interesting, and yes, it's worth talking about in passing. But we get distracted by the bright new shiny thing, the funny thing, the thing we can snigger at, thing we get appalled by, mm-hmm. and we miss the bigger picture stories for all of the grief about what's going on the mm. things that actually need to happen whether it's politics or investing or anything economics mm. the, the distractions of look over here at this shiny thing polly's a great at it right mm. over here over here over here mm. if we can distract the populace enough to vote for us we're in in investing it's exactly the same thing if you get distracted by the cool thing the exciting thing the new thing the topic du jour everyone's talking about mm. that's fine and we'll talk again about some of those things later. But the reality as an investor is you've got <coughs> to stay focused. You've got to stay focused on the main game, right? That's exactly mm. the story. Crypto is mm. exactly an example. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets distracted by it. Everyone's talking about it. Stay focused. Don't get distracted by the knuckleheads in the mainstream media or social media because they're all the same. Focus on what matters, not what people are talking about. Very well said, my friend. It's very kind of you. That rounds off 100. Here's a, here's a question good, for you. Do, yes. we, do we make 200? I'm actually wondering if the last 99 have gone to air, quite frankly. It may well be they're still piloting us uh, at this stage. Uh, not, not, not sure. The good thing is our it's mothers will be very proud of us. They will And that's be. the important thing. And our wives would be too if they did listen. If they listen to it, then does, maybe does they Does your wife be. listen? Of course not. No, mine either. She hears enough of me rants at home. <laughs> she doesn't need to tune in to hear more of it. Good point. If you want to start recording podcasts in the office, mate, it's probably better than having to come down to the studio. Given give your propensity to rant. <laughs> uh, and mine, and mine. Of course. Um, Roll it, run around us out, mate. Here we go. We should come up with something new. We say that every week, but yeah. yeah. Before we go, don't forget you can subscribe to the Triple M Motley Full Money podcast. You know what? I still have to read it. That's that's the crazy thing. Yeah. You think I, after 100 times I would know this off by heart. By you reckon now. our listeners are going, oh, God, guys, we know just this. How can you not know this? Get to the point. Uh-huh. You can, now I've lost my spot. So you said that people could subscribe and then I should say, and you should. And you should. There we go. And if you like what we're doing, please give us a big fat five-star rating you on iTunes. You do that every week. Yes. I do. And of course, if your friends or yourself could do with a bit more foolish straight talk, you can go to, uh, where can you go? <laughs> Oh, yeah. You can go to full. What's our web we address? We should record this just so you can actually get it right Jeez. every week. Fool.com.au forward slash, and then you go. Triple M. Brilliant. Until next week, full on. Full on. Value stocks. Market. Stock market. Index. Share market. This is Motley Fool Money. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M.
Oh, look at that. That's Lee was it. on fire. We're going to roll straight into our PS, mate. Yes, so the uh, the beloved PS. Mum, uh, thanks for listening is what we want to start for, with. For those suckers uh, who want, uh, you know, suckers for punishment, I should say. <laughs> Let me just clarify that very quickly. It gives us a little what chance other, to... What It gives us a little chance to uh, expound more on some of the stuff we want to talk about, but we run, about, we run out of time of in the actual podcast right. proper. And what we thought we would do, is, as we said in the podcast, was sort of reflect on some of the big issues that yep. we talked about over the past... Uh, 100 episodes. And stay with us, Phil. This isn't going to be just a pure retrospective. There are no recorded pieces. Just some of the lessons and thoughts we've got from the last couple of years. Well, you kind of touched on it on your high horse. I mean, I you know, it's a finance podcast, whatever's in the news. By the way, I put that in so people will keep listening to this. Well, is that, was that the grand plan, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Well, okay, I, genius. I've never been accused of having a grand plan before, but uh, um, it occurred to me as in passing that was good enough. But it was a really good point because th- those things, I mean, w- we talked about them because, again, they were interesting. Yeah. Um, they were sucking up a lot of oxygen, and yet now we just don't talk about them. Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about something else. And whatever we're talking about now, we won't be talking about next year. I guarantee you. Um, so but I also guarantee you that a majority of companies that are out there will still be doing what they're doing, earning what they're earning, and, you know, shareholders be, who are patient enough to sort of sit through us will be making a lot of money. So if we're not going to be talking about it in a year, someone we're talking about now, why bother talking about it now? I think it's a good lesson. A good, a good if we're not going to talk about it then, it's not worth talking about it then. Why is it worth talking about it now? That's what I can't work Well, out. that's why we put it in the PS. So okay, it's just, right. this, is, this, is, this is pure self-indulgence, okay. my friend. That's why. <laughs> so the first, Because we bloody well can. No, we, haven't, we haven't brought it up for a while. Of, you, you know, well, you probably haven't wanted to bring it oh, up yeah, for a while. Yeah. I'm going to ask you to open up your app, my All friend. Right. And one of the things that we talked about ad nauseum was bloody Bitcoin yes. or crypto uh, more broadly. So yes. Ethereum, what was it, Litecoin? Yes, uh, Bitcoin Cash, there's Dogecoin. A, there's a hundred of the bloody things. <laughs> and that was just phenomenal. And it, it really was a phenomenon. I mean, this, bitter, this thing went from, you know, a few whatever it was cents to mm-hmm. 20, Bitcoin got to $20, sorry, $20,000. Correct. Oh my gosh. Plus at one stage. What's it worth now? Well, $12,719.47 as we record this. So that's come back 40% yeah, or so? Yeah, 40%. Um, and that, the interesting thing is here is that, ah, I told you so. The, 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 oh, other, the, other, interesting, the other interesting thing. Don't ask me how much money I've made so well, far. Uh, well, how much money have you made? <laughs> I'm up 70.5%, Andrew. <laughs> Can you sell? Before you, no, no, don't be silly. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not sure the reference of that, go back to 25 podcasts. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll, it wasn't funny. Pick a random either. podcast, <laughs> you'll you'll get it. Yes. Um, yeah. So that that was a big and just not talked about right, anymore. Right, not right. talked about at all. And that's the thing. Like if you if you plot even a Google search for these sort of terms. And again, this is kind of the theme what we're about to say next. But mm. the very the very concept of Bitcoin it was exciting for a little while. It's all mm. anybody wanted. You know, there are people. They were doing the price on TV. It was about one or two articles a day on the City Morning Herald. I couldn't the jump age. into a cab or an Uber without you know right, the driver right. telling me about crypto. Right, know. right. And so I think that's to some. I mean, people sold houses and God knows what to pay to yeah. buy those things. Yeah. It was the, it was the absolute only thing people want to talk about. It was supposed to be the next big thing, mm. and like all next big things. Yeah, maybe it's not going to be. Well, you always feel like the dinosaur when you're saying, well, I'm not investing in it. <laughs> exactly, and, and, yeah. You know, and you're it, missing out. And you see the price go up. This is the challenge. Yeah, right that, 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 and because these things play out over what feels like a long period of time. It's just going up and up and up and up and up. And you think, what have I missed? Now, the question isn't, you know, to be fully honest here, did I know it was going to come down? No, not really. I yep. mean, this it was a question of not knowing what's going to happen. Yep. And, and we say it all the time, and it's worth saying again and again and again, is that it's okay not to know. Yep. You know your investing is about predicting the 
future. You are not going to know the vast, vast majority of times. It's about having the honesty with yourself to say, look, I've just got no way to know. Right. And if you don't know, don't do it. For God's sake, you don't have to. No one's holding a gun at your head. Mm-hmm. Now, there are there are some things that, although you will never know for sure, there are that are far, far, far more, you can be far more confident in. Right. I know that Woolworths is going to be around in 10 years' time. I know that Telstra is going to be around in 10 years' time. We can argue about how much they're earning and, and what the price is, and yeah. if that's fair. And that's very, 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 very good questions, by the way. But, but it, but it is a the odds of substantial loss are far, far, far smaller. I think that's true. I think I, I, I'd probably take a broader lesson from that as well, mate. Whether the, whether the Bitcoin price was higher or lower than we talked about it, it's kind of partly the investment angle. Mm. The other angle, from my point again, back to the high horse a little bit, is just when everybody's talking about it, there's a pretty good chance that it's probably overblown. Um, you know, it's the old thing. Was it JP Morgan who said when the shoeshine boy is giving you stock tips, you know that the, bu- the right. bubble's about to pop? Right. So to some degree, again, it's not- Maybe we replace shoeshine with Uber driver these days? Or... <laughs> That's right. No, it's stock tips with Bitcoin. Yeah. It's not that it was go- we knew it was going to pop, as you say, or we knew it was going to fall. Just the sense that it was what anyone, what everyone wanted to talk about. And the, the history of those things, mm. the history of the most important thing or the most talked about thing kind of actually coming to pass yeah. is really, really small. Remember, there were, so let's choose another couple. Amazon, right? Amazon was going oh, to destroy man. retail. We talked, we talked about that. Didn't we? Yeah, we even talked, we came back to it a few weeks ago. Yeah, I think, it was coming, well. it was coming, it was coming. Yep. And look, Amazon's here, absolutely. But yeah. was it, you know, was it no likely talks to about be, it. Yeah. was it likely to be the ginormous impact, you know, big splash? No, mm. I actually think it will actually take a decent bite out of retail eventually. Yeah, yeah. But all of the thing of it's coming, it's coming. And then all of a sudden, it was a failure because it didn't work. And in neither of those cases was there any decent investing logic being put behind it, which is it's a long-term company trying to build a long-term future mm-hmm. in a market thing it's got some opportunity in. Yeah. It never expected to do the results that it, either the, the growth that was predicted nor the failure that was alleged to have come after that the growth didn't turn up. It was mm. entirely a media fiction. This is the thing with all of these things. They, they are crazy. There is a nugget of truth in all of them in the sense that you know, Bitcoin is a really exciting technology. There's actually some pretty exciting use cases blockchain for behind blockchain it. behind right. it. I mean, I said at the time, I think it's fascinating. I think there's a future for all of that kind of stuff. There is a nugget of truth in all of this stuff that is that that is it is valid to get excited about. Right. And it was valid to be worried about Amazon. It right. still is. But the, the reality was is that we saw hundreds of millions of dollars wiped off the value of certain companies mm-hmm. where it got to the point where it just got silly. Now Rather than be upset about this, just quietly, I actually love this about mm, markets. Mm. I mean, this is where your opportunity comes as a sensible, level-headed, long-term investor because you can look at something like Amazon and say, is that going to impact JB Hi-Fi? 100%. Mm. 100% is that going to impact it? Is it going to destroy them in the next two years? Probably not. Mm. Um, and and you, can, you, you, can, you can form a counter view that's actually well-reasoned while acknowledging the the, the, very, the reality of the situation. And right. therein lies the possibility. Andrew, I'm going to give you one last chance because it's our 100th episode. Mm-hmm. What about house prices? Well, we did talk. <laughs> we I talked a lot about property prices. and Listeners, I, as you may recall, I did try and stop him. Just so just so you don't blame, blame us all equally, I, I did make an Here's effort. the thing, though, right? It's not just me. This is every <laughs> red-blooded what Australian. What have I done, Liam? What have I done? Every, am I wrong, Liam? How many barbecues <laughs> have you been to where some knucklehead hasn't been there talking about their 12 investment properties? Uh, I, don't, I, I don't know what barbecues you go to. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely I, done, I'm, a, I'm only a little bit bitter because I, I I missed that that uh, gravy train, and it, it became this this this. It still is to some extent. Yep. You talk about Bitcoin. I mean, it was just there was a a feverish attitude out there yep. where property prices were going up at, at a rate of knots. How it, how I bought twenty investment properties under eighteen is probably again like the Bitcoin and Amazon headlines, the sort of headlines you look at and go. 
you know what? That's probably not going to go well. And this, this is the thing. It's not about, and this is where I think people have a lot of trouble with investing and the rest of it. It's not about knowing what's going to happen in the next, I could, for all I know this, we could have property prices up another 20% next year. It's entirely possible. Mm-hmm. And because I don't like property as an investment right now, based on the valuations, that's almost certainly going to happen because God <laughs> hates me. And that's, that's how these things <laughs> not work. Just, not just God, mate. But you can, but when you sort of pan out and you say, well, Price relative to rents or debt relative to income, all of these kinds. What you choose your metric, you, whatever metric you want to choose. They're at levels that are unheard of historically in Australia and globally. Right, and that doesn't mean that things can't continue, but it makes it. it, it you're stretching a rubber band, and every extra inch you pull that rubber band, it gets more taut and more taut and more taut. And at some point, it's going to st- snap. You don't know exactly when. But at a point it is. Now, here's the thing. This was thing. supposed to be at the highlights of the 100 episodes. Not a chance for you to rant again about the same thing. You know that, don't you? <laughs> yeah, sorry, mate. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I know. I just caught myself. Well, yeah. well, well, but you got to stop. Well, what's been interesting is, is that actually that has happened. We've, we've seen prices come back a mm-hmm. little bit. And and it's it's not, ha-ha, I was right. Because you know, things haven't crashed. But again, the more nuanced right. point is things, I never said things are definitely going to crash. It's yep. certainly a possibility. Yep. The point is, is if you're buying an investment property borrowing 90% of the funds, barely being able to afford the interest, in fact, losing <laughs> money because you're negatively geared He's off again. on an expectation that things are going to compound, like double yeah. every seven years and yep. grow at 10%. Mathematically, that is not possible. You can't, you cannot extrapolate that forever before things go very, very wrong. So I think what I'm saying is, <laughs> is, is that that is a lesson that will, will happen again and again and again and again. But in the heat of the moment, it, you, you could not say that with, it's, it was like, yep. it was yep. like saying the emperor has no clothes on when you sort yep. of say that there's a lot of risk in property. I think that's true. And again, thinking about the head, this is more. This is kind of, to my mind, a story about the headlines. And the headlines were no, no, no one who was breaking property was saying, "Well, it might not, it might be good, it might be bad. Just be careful." But we think you should buy some. Mm. It's that sense that when everyone's all in on an issue, whether that's Bitcoin or Amazon, it's or, that or can't lose. Prices. You can't lose, right, which right. is what I had the issue with. And, and when the, and when the general zeitgeist becomes so fully in one direction, mm. it's just a normal. It's a pretty good indicator that the pendulum probably is about at full swing, give or take. We also have this historical proof, like you, someone will do something that is not sensible but be rewarded for it yeah. it's like the bloke who goes down to star city and puts all his money on black on the roulette and wins mm. now he's just doubled his money did that mean he did something smart mm. no because almost by definition almost 50 percent of the time that is going to work out very 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 badly so you can't my my kids did it um all the time you say don't jump on the couch you'll hurt yourself and they, they jump <laughs> yeah, on the totally. couch and they don't hurt them so they'll say, told you told you <laughs> You know, until they do. I'm one of those too. And and it's 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 really spurious reasoning. So again, it's not about it's not about. Please don't write in an angry letters. I'm I'm not against property. But if you are say as Andrew an investment, P A G E. It's it's about having realistic expectations on the future and 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 buying things at an appropriate level. Mate, we're going to finish this off. Before I do finish, I want to thank you for hosting the last hundred episodes. Thanks, and I look mate. forward to joining you for many many more. I'm going to thank Liam Flanagan, our our producer extraordinaire, who frankly, if we sound even half decent sometimes, it's all Liam. The times we sound sound shit are pretty much when we just sound shit. So, Liam, thank you very much for your time, effort, for the effort you put in not only producing the show, but actually making us sound better, pick topics better, improve our podcasting abilities such as we have. Manage manage the egos. Thank you very much for doing that, mate. We really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you also to Mike Fitzpatrick from Triple M, who was the first bloke to give us a call and say, hey, do you guys think you could do a podcast? I said, I don't know, but we'll give it a go. (laughs) And unfortunately, for you poor suckers who've been listening, this is the sad and sorry result. But thank you out there for listening to us, uh, however many of you are, plus our mothers. Uh, We really do appreciate we hope you do enjoy it. We get some good feedback, so thank you. Uh, please keep giving us your feedback of topics, ideas, what you like and don't like. Um, as cliche as it sounds, we do to this for our listeners. Otherwise, we're just two blokes talking crap in a microphone, which is 
Probably not far from the truth anyway. So and we love a soapbox. <laughs> Come on, someone's given us a soapbox, and we've said but, yes. But please. we don't have a soapbox because people keep listening. Otherwise, Fitz would have thrown us out weeks ago. So <laughs> whatever, thank, whatever you have. Thank to you, justify. thank you for listening. Thank you to those who are supporting us and looking after us. Uh, and again, thanks for those who take time to correspond with us too. We very, very much appreciate. And it. thanks to you as well, mate. Very, thank very you, much mate. appreciated. It's been fun. Let's Andrew, can it. I give you a story that might put a smile on your face? Oh, just you know you can. You know you can. <laughs> My brother-in-law, when you're talking about the Bitcoin, and this was over the last hundred episodes, this is the one that rang truest for me because my brother-in-law got into the Bitcoin craze, got out, got his money out, oh. and managed to make some money out of it. Good on him. He's now being audited by the ATO. Oh. oh. Now, I'm not saying there's a direct link, <laughs> <laughs> but the notice came pretty soon afterwards. So, If it's too yeah. good to be true, it's... Almost always too good to be true. Mm. Like that, that did bring a smile. Oh, that, 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 well, not that he's. Being I'm not that I'm happy. It. I'm not happy that your brother-in-law is in trouble. But I'm. It's okay. Know, he doesn't listen. Not, not, not in trouble. trouble. <laughs> just being ordered. Let's yes. be clear okay, here. This is okay. just the ATO asking questions. Nothing to hide. Nothing to fear. Correct, mate. We better put a pin in this because we, we, we will. We will make this a PPP. Yes, even for a pierce. This has got for a long time. Yeah, it has. Uh, until next week, fools. Full on. Full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services licence 400691.